0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Soching with Suntwe with me, Paul Teasdale, aka Suntwe. And uh, for those of you who don't know, this is the show where we celebrate uh, ordinary people who do extraordinary things and make extraordinary choices. Because we don't believe that there are any extraordinary people out there, we believe there's only ordinary people who decide to take extraordinary decisions and uh, make extraordinary choices in their lives, and as a result, Live extraordinary lives, so um, yeah, join us today. Um, if you're there already, please drop a comment, tag your mates, share with whoever you like. Just bear with me a second while I do my shares and all the rest of it. Uh, I'm gonna get this out there so that we can uh, all enjoy together, um, and get this show on the road. Today, we will be having uh, Greg Marcus D'Tizi from Bristol, very interesting guy. Can't wait to get it going. Um, let's just get these shares done quick. If you are there, drop a comment, let us know where you're from, where you're watching from, say hi, and we can start rolling. Remember that we are always really stoked to get involved with, um, uh, with any questions or interaction from you. The whole point is that you interact with the, the show as well. So if you're, if you're listening on the podcast, obviously it's after the fact, so the live is not available, but if you're on, on with us now on Facebook Live, then please get involved in the comments. Um, share to group, that one, uh, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one, share to my page. Uh, cool, I'm just gonna set up a watch party on the searching with to group because apparently you can, so. Um, I just want to check how to do that. I think Graham did it last time. Uh, Start watch party. Start. Sweet. That was easy enough. And then on this side, um, we'll just open it up. So that's great This is very interesting anyway. So I've learned something new today as well. So that's cool. Um, right, without any further ado, oh, we've got uh, Nicola, Hazel, Talia, that's great, so we've already got a few people on board, and uh, we can get this thing, whole, this whole thing cracking, so without any further ado, let me welcome Greg Marcus DeTizi. here he comes, Greg, welcome, how's it going, mate?
1: Hi, mate, how are you doing? It's good to yeah. see you.
0: How's Bristol on this uh, fine day? We've got a major rain here today all the sunny weather's gone and it's been rain 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 all day long
1: well i was saying to you actually before it's it's quite humid here quite sticky so we're we're getting days that are just changeable all the time you know um and uh i know that that's often the nature in the uk but uh (laughs) it's like i could get used to the sun you know I, i like the sun maybe it's in my jeans I don't know. Yeah, the the Italian jeans, uh, not your British jeans. The Italian (laughs) ones, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bristol, wonderful. So,
0: just to kick us off here now, let's start from the beginning because we're gonna go through a whole lot of stuff now and dig quite deep into into the situation. Um, For those who are just joining us, Greg is a is a, a podcaster, um, a coach. Um, he's a writer, twenty six books, I believe, which is just absolutely unfathomable to me. Um, I'm in the process of trying to write one, never mind twenty six, and it's uh, yeah, the hell of a thing. So, your the the, the way I got to know Greg was through uh, a, a mutual friend, um, Nicholas, Nicholas Morilla. Um, Nick is from Bulawayo, he went to the same school as I did. And uh, I don't know, did he tell you to reach out to me or did
1: I reach out to you? I can't remember. Yeah, so I met Nick in Bristol actually, um, and we became sort of good buddies. And you know, one of those minds that you just want to listen to his ideas all the time. So I got chatting to him about his ideas, he listened to mine, and we had a few beers, and um, and then he sort of said to me, ah, oh, there's a guy I know who's pretty cool. Get you introduced to him. So I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and then, let's and do then, this. And then you said, and there's also another so guy. Eventually, knows,
0: you eventually, meet I
1: too. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'll tell you what, it was actually, um, I had, I had no idea what to expect really. And the more I got to know, your story and what you do, uh, and your sort of passion for life and for all the different things of exploring and expressing yourself. I was like, "This is a guy I have got to get on my podcast." And uh, so, obviously, it's a pleasure for me to be on yours. You know,
0: well, it was an absolute pleasure to be on yours, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, since that day, we've spoken quite a lot, and um, through the various groups and stuff that we that you've uh, started, it's been it's been a it's been a great journey getting to know you man so let's just go right to the beginning what what kicked off so from what I understand I have, so the book everybody who's watching um, if you're a member of the searching with Sunfui group uh, greg has kindly uh, suggested that he is happy to give away um, his book for free to whoever's watching and and who is a member so join the group and become a member and the book will be available inside the group um but in this book I started reading it I haven't I haven't finished it yet but I started reading it. it 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 mentions you went through quite a transformation and quite a transformative process um quite early on um can you can you give us a brief synopsis of of that massive moment in your life how it happened where you were at the time and what what the situation was that brought you to that point
1: Wow yeah um Absolutely. Well, I'll keep it as short as I can. But basically, you know, I was I was one of those kind of kids that was quite sensitive. And, you know, I always felt fear all the time. And, and, you know, there was a bit of disruption going on in the family home. Um, And so as I grew older, I was a bit fearful of like people and situations. And, you know, I didn't really know how to find myself in life. Um, And I, I got into drugs a little bit, you know, like a lot of people do drinking, drugs, partying. But the problem was that I I dropped out of college and then uh, I went from job to job to job throughout my 20s and I sort of hit 30 and it was almost as though someone had punched me in the face like Tyson, you know, bam, and I was like, wow, what the hell man, what's going on? Um, And uh, I realized at that point that it was like, time was flying and I had to do something with my life or it was just, there was gonna be no point to it. Um, And with that said, I actually had hit so many barriers mentally emotionally physically that I was ready to kind of throw in a towel so I really found myself at, uh, at a crossroads of saying you know what's the point in life on the one hand um, what can I bring what value can I bring anyway what's the point in me being here and on the other hand what if I design my life what if I do something my way uh, and, and that's you know maybe that's a possibility so you know I decided to live first of all and um, and secondly, then, just live a life that was by default and, and by drifting, which I think, unfortunately, a lot of people tend to do, it forced me to ask better questions and to look at ways in which I could design a life of my making that I wanted to live, you know? So I, I went on a real discovery session of uh, sort of looking at the type of person I am and was and, and what would best resonate with me. And subsequently, from then on, I just carried on reading books studying others i started writing my own books um i couldn't really write or i couldn't really read very well then at that point so I, I had to train myself to to do that um and i had to train myself to think differently consistently in order to get better results um and that essentially that's that's it in a nutshell and and had i not been through that that thing that situation i don't know what 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 would have happened you know what age were you in that happened uh 30 30 so yeah i'd had years of drifting and uh how old are you yeah, now I, I basically was just how long ago was that i now. 45. 45. oh really 45. yeah i know i act like a kid but i'm i'm actually 45 yeah <laughs> amazing well preserved oh thanks man i appreciate that well, I yeah. think that um, that also comes down to the way you think, right?
0: Well, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ninety-nine uh, percent of it is all uh, is all mental, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, so
1: absolutely. What an
0: interesting question from Baron Pretorius. Um, I mentioned Byron last week. He's going to be uh, a guest on the show quite soon. He's uh, from South Africa originally, and um, he's a BASE jumper. Hi, oh, Baron. Warren is saying, how did your upbringing influence your life architecture process?
1: Well, it's a great question. Um, it influenced it a great deal because I think some people feel as though from a young age they know what they want to do. They know uh, what their life's going to be like. And, and, you know, you get these young kids who are like really good at the piano and uh, at six they say, I'm going to be a concert pianist and they just do it from, and they just knew. Um, for me, it wasn't like that. It was the complete opposite. It was, I loved a load of different things, but I couldn't see myself being good enough uh, at doing those things. So I kind of kept putting them on the back burner and, you know, I was smoking weed all the time and just uh, procrastinating massively on everything. Uh, and, and then, it, yeah, I think that what happens is, you know, it's like a build of different things going wrong, if you like, or failures, that you eventually get to this point where, you you know, you're met with the decision of, I've got to make something work that's significant or of value, you know? Um, mm. And so, you know, my upbringing influenced me a great deal in the sense that um, whilst it was tricky for me and my perspective of life, I also was given lots of attention as well by my mother. So I always wanted to make her proud, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it helped me to shape and design my life in a way that I can now be proud of. Um, but which was, uh, you know, a long road, really. Thanks for the question. I and think. so, to to build on
0: that question, how much do you think uh, nature has to do with uh, your your outcome in life? Nature versus nurture. What percentage do you think is nature towards nurture to to predict your success?
1: Well, another interesting question. Um, and I don't know the answer to that, really, percentage-wise. I mean, all I would say to you is that I do believe that genetics play a massive part in, you know, our our abilities, our skills and things. like that. And they, done, they come down through the generations, I think, sometimes. So I could sense that there were innate skills or or uh, potentials in me that I knew my family had had who came before me. And so I could see that, but I could also see that the nature side of it you know, had I been in what was kind of like a white ghetto, for want of a better phrase, um, it, not a lot of guidance around and, and a lot of destruction and um, crime and things. That environment could have sent me to become sort of a drug dealer or something like that. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, you've really got to learn to be able to uh, focus your mind in and, and sort of cancel out the volume of everything else that's going on around you, you know because you allow yeah. everything around you to influencing you so much, you just get drawn into it, you know? And I see this all the time.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because my, 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 um, my major philosophy with life is that uh, uh, I pride myself on adaptability more than anything. I don't, I don't think I know the most, I don't think I am the strongest, I don't think I'm the fastest, I don't think I'm the cleverest, but I feel like adaptability is my key strength. And I think adaptability is a key strength of mm-hmm. human human nature, really. So I think although people are predisposed to certain skill sets, I think um, you know you, not just nurture from a from a parental point of view, but from your own nurture point of view, I think probably plays a much higher role than genetics does to, to your to your outcomes. That's just uh, that's just uh, how I that's what I like to believe. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, derail us yeah. for one second. Because I've just seen on the feed that uh, my grade seven teacher, uh, Mrs. Harding, has joined the feed, and um, we were chatting yesterday. Hello. Yeah, this, she's one of the most influential people in my in my upbringing in my life, and uh, had a massive impact on uh, who I am as a uh, a person. So massive shout out to Mrs. Harding, wow. and I'm hoping that she's going to be a guest sure. at point too. So um, yeah, stoked that she's watching. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Stoked that she's watching And hoping that um, hoping that She's going to join us too And then uh, Byron's got awesome. another Another comment uh, In the architecture process did the mm-hmm. change in countenances uh, Slash friends play a large or small Small role in uh, shaping your new life
1: Great point Well I will say actually that a lot of my friends That I attracted then or Or sort of connected with were based on my level of self-worth, I guess. Um, so I had some great friends, you know, we had fun together. I don't regret any of those people in my life. But what I would say is this, is if you if your level of consciousness or the way you live is expecting a certain standard, you're going to get that certain standard of people in your life, you know. So what, what you've really got to see is that if there's people in your life that are bringing you down or they don't believe in your dreams or they're just getting you into the wrong things you've got to start learning about who you need to let go of versus who you need to bring into your life you know and it can be tough because we all know what it's like when we've got good friends um who we have fun with they can be fun but sometimes they can also be enablers for the wrong things you know um, and until you you change yourself you know or, or change your situation and mentality you you could be stuck in it and I, I that's what happens to a lot of people you know they get stuck in um in the situation they're in and with the influences around them so i think it's just about having that awareness to say this is not really for me i'm going to i'm going to start you know associating with people who not only believe in me but also challenge me to to grow mm-hmm. to expand because i think we're expansive creatures you know um and as you said you can adapt you can change um as much as you need to if if you really uh, believe in yourself. Hi, uh, Delina, Mrs. Harding, nice to see you. That's a nice, uh, hi everybody, what a great
0: welcome, thanks for <laughs> it's an honor. Um, so to, to build on what you said <laughs> as well, uh, you know there's the old saying, the old cliche or the old saying that you are the average of the five people you hang around with most, um, which, is, uh, which is absolutely, I, I find to be true. And then the other thing is, is that you often there's an interesting common uh, uh, concept of frenemies. I don't know if you've had, if you've heard much about that or um, delved into the idea of frenemies. Um, it's uh, a really, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very interesting because a lot of the time you you can have you can have a situation where you have people close to you that you you value as friends, but they're actually toxic in your environment. And, um, right. And they, they, they don't actually want the best for you. They, on the surface, you're mates, but deep, deeper into the, the situation, it's it's actually more of an, uh, a, an adversarial type of relationship than it is a, a, a partnership or a coalition. And frenemies are more dangerous gotcha. than enemies because enemies, you know where you stand. Whereas a frenemy, it's got a blurry right. line. And one of the biggest things that I've had to do in my life is identify those frenemies and try and, you know distance myself from them completely um yeah so it's tough it, it, it's a it's a it's a diff, it can be a very difficult situation and the other thing is is that constructive criticism is always welcome but there's a difference between constructive criticism and trying to pull someone down and trying mm-hmm. to identify the difference between mm-hmm. constructive criticism and and the latter where someone's actually just being a hater is, is often a blurry area as well when it comes to the, the, the friends and family and that kind of thing. And, and um, what I've noticed as well is that, you know, if constructive criticism is normally done privately, it's normally done in a proactive, uh, constructive, uh, love uh, manner that comes from a point of love and serves to try and build you up in the process. Rather than destructive, Uh where they're trying to pull you down and and uh, uh, bring you down to earth or cut you down to size a little bit, which is it's not it's not constructive, it's not helping anybody. And um, you know you often see it in in, uh, Facebook comments and social media comments that have no value except hate. Right. And my policy on that sort of thing is if you're going to make comments on my on my stuff that's positive and giving me tips and helping me improve and helping me grow and helping me do those things, then you're a mate and you're, 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 you're trying to help and you're trying to, to be a friend. But if you're just being a, if you're just being hateful in a day, I don't have time for that. I just cut you. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you have anything yeah. to add to that.
1: Well, I would, I would, I would agree with you there. I think that the thing being is, is we can even get it with parents and, uh, you know, people who are in our lives, associates, friends who, deep down, for some reason, they may not want us to succeed because of something that within them that they didn't succeed, for example, or, you know, so you can often get these kind of things or people don't believe that you can do something beyond what they believe. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there's nothing wrong with criticism and with encouragement. Um, it's just that if people are just there to tell you what you're doing wrong all the time without offering um, another view on it then again this could be a part of the the problem of um, having people in your life who aren't helping you to to progress you know and I think if we're expansive beings which I believe we are then um, we really want to be careful about who we listen to you know and what we watch because it's it's like the addictions, you know, if if, you, if you've if got uh, instant gratification of even coffee, you know, junk food, Netflix, eventually these can become so dependent or you can become so dependent upon them that they can even drag you down to, to wasting your time or making you addicted or hooked. Or... So it's just about having that kind of awareness, isn't it, with um, what's going on around you as well, whilst maintaining that firm direction and vision within, you know, and I think if you know where you're going within... um. And you, and you practice rehearsing that, um, that really becomes powerful, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Baren has
0: actually got a great point here. Um, according to research by social psychologist Dr. David McClelland of Harvard, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as
1: 95% of your success or failure in life. That's very interesting. Wow. It is, it is. Yeah. And um, I can quite well believe that, you know, um, and the fact is, you only got to look around you, at people, you know, right. Or people that have been in your life who have never changed anything. For example, who are they spending time with? Who are they listening to? Yeah. What what's, the, what's their thought processes? You know, what are they believing in? And until they can sort of change and snap out of that a bit and listen to another opinion, they may all, always be in that in that life story you know and and uh believing that that is their life when actually it's just the choices they made up until that point
0: yeah but that's also another thing that i've always tried to 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 live by wherever i can is i've always i'm always happy to be the worst player at the table than the best player at the table because if i'm the best player at the table i have nothing to gain
1: I'm one. the worst yeah. player. I can yeah. learn from
0: every single other person at the table. But if I'm the best player there, I've got nothing to learn. Right. And no right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we can always learn, right? I mean, people who think that they know everything are almost the ones who know nothing because there's so much like this. In Now, I know everything about X, Y, Z, and that's it. There's always more to learn, you know, um, and, and there's always more to – I just believe in being, you know, a student of life and, and a servant. Leader, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a servant. You know, a lot of people will think of it as a, as a derogatory thing, but for me, it's it's the greatest thing to be able to serve other people and to help them and empower them, and to then become leaders in their own right. Um you know, isn't it just? You know, I can't see anything better than that um, sort of philosophy. You know, I agree.
0: With you. For if, if you ask me, the 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 entire purpose of life is service but if people go what is the purpose of life what is what is the meaning it, it is service and yep. whatever you're doing at whatever yep. level there has to be some kind of service to the greater whole or the greater good or the greater whatever you want to call it for it to be meaningful because without that meaning mm-hmm. there's no fulfillment um you know everybody's always going on about happiness and chasing happiness and this is another thing that i uh, i always harp on about ad infinitum and i think happiness is for kids you want to be happy, eat an ice cream, but it's going to last for about ten minutes. If you want to be fulfilled, you need to get fulfillment <laughs> through growth, growth through service, service through suffering. It's there's you know fulfillment is for big boys and uh, happiness
1: is for kids. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's good to strive for happiness, isn't it? In in life, but with that wisdom that you've got, you know that you're going to have suffering getting there because you've got to learn to understand what fulfillment is, you know, and satisfaction out of something like in the roles that we play in in jobs and businesses. And a lot of people are upset and sad in lives because they're in the roles that they don't belong in, you know? They're not. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So bring um, up again, um, in your book, you talk about uh, a concept of core expression. Can you give us a little bit of information about what core expression is to you and how how it uh, applies?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Well, I think that, you know, we're often taught a a specific structure and through specific systems and processes, most people through the education system, through parents and from what they know. But very often um, we can end up just following a path that, again, may not be a a role that we particularly want to be in or feel fulfilled by. Whereas if we can sort of like peel back the layers of all this stuff that we've been taught and kind of get some clarity on what actually does resonate with us deep and without limitation. So, for example, um, you know, you might meditate or you might sit there and think of nothing until things come to you. So you might engage in uh, uh, a certain sense of intuition or seeing which ideas come to you without thinking rationally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me, that's helped me to connect with the core of who I am rather than what I feel I should be or what I think. Other people think I should be, or systems, conventionalism, societies, and it's almost like um, you've got to tear away those those layers of the onion to get to the real you. You know, not the father of the son, the the uncle, the this that, and the other, all these things that we quickly become labelled as. But you, as a person, without all of that, and once you start to discover more about who you really are, or what really resonates to you, you can then connect that to something you find fulfilling and build a a bridge towards even a market need or demand you know um rather than just trying to build a business because you want to make money or because you want to be rich or whatever you're actually doing something that you know every day that's going to bring you joy um through fulfillment rather than um just for the money like i said and i think that day to day we're all looking to try to be uh, in a better state better frame of mind live with more joy right We don't really want pain, although some people chase it to try to grow. Um, And we're going to get pain, you know. But if you're on a path that you know is true to you, you can face that pain with a different level of ability because you're going to get challenges and shit's going to happen. But you've got a driving force in you that's stronger than almost anything you can imagine. And certainly that's what's worked for me. I think was
0: it Friedrich Nietzsche who said, uh, I can't remember the quote exactly, I'm going to butcher it. But he said, uh, "If you have a good why, you can endure anyhow." Yeah. So yeah, yeah. If you have, your purpose, I think if you have your purpose and your reason in line, you can endure anything.
1: Yeah, valid point as well. Mm-hmm. Valid point, and that's that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? And I like Friedrich Nietzsche. I think he's um, one of my favorite philosophers and thinkers. You know, of a certain time. Um, I've just noticed as well that Brenda's actually asked the influence of religion on, on my journey. And, um, one thing I would say about that if I may is I'm not a religious man of sorts. Um, or I certainly, I've not been brought up with any particular religion. So I haven't got a, um, a default, you know, thought process or a way of living based on a, a God per se. But one thing I would say is that, um, some people believe, some people don't, some people believe in universal forces. Now, I believe that there could be something that's greater than us that may have created all of this, but I certainly don't see it as a bearded guy, you know, and that's just my opinion, right? That's, that's, that's my belief system is if there's something greater than us uh and then we do our best with what we've been given, we'll be, you know, challenged when we meet this entity or this master of the universe or whatever it is. And, all I can do is, I think, uh, do what makes me happy, my family and friends, and try and be the best person I can. Not just because that's what's expected, but because you want to be, a, you know, a good force around people. You know. I have a. I have. So, a... Religion. Sorry,
0: carry on. I've interrupted you. I was saying I have a, a slightly. Different no, 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 view no. It's it's not it's not out of line with your view. It's it's sort of in line with it, but because I don't have any sort of religious uh, bearing on my my life, uh, my background. I grew up. I went to a Jewish primary school, and uh, you know, pretty much uh, dived into the Jewish culture quite quite deeply on that. And then went to a Catholic high school, um, where mass and uh, and all the rest of it was uh, compulsory, and uh, <laughs> learned quite a lot about that and. Anyway, as an adult, I'm, uh, I would say, a religious <laughs> for lack of wanting to use any, any real uh, committing terms. But uh, my, <laughs> my sure. personal views are of extreme ownership and responsibility. And I think that um, I like to take absolute responsibility for everything I do, every decision I make, every single thing in my life is my doing, my fault and my cause. So with those three points in mind, whatever mm-hmm. I want, I try to make sure that I realize that this is my doing and my fault, whether it's good or bad. So with extreme ownership, I feel right. like um, you take away any kind of uh, victim mentality from the situation. You take a, a situation mm-hmm. where you 100% and take responsibility for every part of your life. And it gives you an, a, a proact- it gives you a standpoint and a, and a place to start of where you can be proactive in your approach to how you're going to deal with. Each situation after that, so yeah, it's a it's that's a very very long and tough topic to talk about because it's it's also quite controversial. But um, your points are completely sure. valid. Uh, I, I think uh, yeah, absolutely spot on. But um, I've got another comment here. Just I just want to address from Talia Wilson because she gave it a while back, but it's on another platform, so you can't see it in, in these comments. I want to make sure that we know you're watching Talia and we appreciate you there and I don't want to ignore you So I want to I want to get this we do but her her question to you Greg is How did you change your way of thinking so that you could have the courage to get to where you are now?
1: Wow, Um, well I I know you read some of the book and, and actually I was at my mother's house and I found a book on her bookshelf which by chance I was at the end of my tether and I look up and see a book why was it there? Why did it stand out? I don't know. But I pick up the book and it's Louise L. Hayes. You can heal your life. My mum hadn't read it; she just bought it to help herself, but she didn't read it. Well, I picked it up. I read that book about twenty times, and it and it started and it talked about things which I really didn't understand before. I didn't understand. Uh, I really genuinely didn't understand what what self-love and acceptance was. Um, so I had to actually educate myself. On the meanings of these things, and through that book, which I read and, and put tabs on and underlined things, it became like my Bible, you know. Um, and that was a turning point for me. Was 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 reading that book, and, and subsequently, finding books by the same uh, author and um, on the same uh, publisher, and that kind of thing, started to expand like a tree. Like I'm sure most most of you have experienced with books, um, you you start to go down different avenues and uh asking questions about what this means and what that means and you start to really form this this almost this jigsaw of like you know right so that's kind of what that means that what that's what that means and everything kind of connects and comes back to us in the end and as you as you said uh paul i quite rightly agree with you that um once we become responsible and accountable for our actions then we're in a place of power because we can then make better decisions about stuff you know Instead of blaming society or or our past or anything that's happened or might happen, uh, we say, look, this is down to me, you know? And I think that that book helped me to, it helped me to speak, better speak to myself, to create better mantras uh, and consistently plant them into my mind so they overwrote old things which were not supporting me. So there's your answer, really. (laughs)
0: Yeah, again, to to build on that, I mean, I went through an extremely dark phase as well, where I went through some really tough times and uh, dragged myself through uh, some really hard emotional times as well, um, and uh, let go of my health and let go of everything. And the turning point for me was actually giving up entitlement, and uh, that was Mm. that build on the whole, taking responsibility and realizing that I'm in control of, of my own destiny, basically, was the, the moment that it really, really changed everything was giving up entitlement. And one of the things that I try to yeah. to to recognize each time when I see that I'm falling into a negative headspace or going into a place of, of um, the bad path, we'll call it, for lack of uh, better articulation, um, is... Go. Am I acting entitled now? Am I entitled to be in a, to to have any have it any other way? And the truth of the matter is, it's not. You're not entitled to be happy. You're not entitled to be healthy. You're not entitled to anything in this world without actually going and striving for it. So the moment you give up the entitlement and the realization mm. that you're not entitled to anything, it becomes quite a freeing process, and you realize that you you really are just just another sack of meat on this planet that can either make something of themselves or not.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and i think uh to add on to that as well is that when you realize how absolutely insignificant you are because i mean we grow up teaching kids and teaching people that you're special you're significant you're this and i think that's the wrong approach i think when you really realize that you're absolutely insignificant that's when you realize that you've got work to do because um you know, the, the harsh truth of the matter is you're going to die one day and once you're dead, everyone's going to cry for a little bit, but they're going to carry on with their lives and just carry on and you're actually not going to matter that much. So when you realize that, then you can, you, you can rest assured in the fact that you're entitled to nothing and <laughs> whatever you do, it's up to you, mate. <laughs> totally, mate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting way to look at
0: it. i <laughs> It might be a bit. Bleak, yeah. But yeah. That's, that's
1: how I interpret things. Well, no, I, I think it's very interesting indeed. And um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you're right. You know, once we die, one day, no one's really going to think about as much. So to me, you, you may as well make something, you may as well do something that you really love or, you know, push yourself. You know what I mean? Take, take those risks and do things that, that that scare you. You know what I mean? Like fear is there. It's always been there when, when we were getting chased by lions and stuff. But at the end of the day now, it's almost got out of control where there's so much going on that any kind of stress, uh, you know, indicator sort of makes it go, oh my God, I, I, I'm too stressed. I can't handle it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to push past these fears. And we find that there's kind of freedom on the other side of them. Absolutely.
0: So this hour is going very quickly. (laughs) So uh, I just want to say to everybody who's really joined us, thank you so much for coming. Uh, It means a lot that you join us. Uh, You know that we get every week, every Wednesday, same time, different guests, different uh, topics, different everything. Sometimes we have a panel and we talk about a specific topic, like a couple of weeks ago we had Uh, Seven of us talking about conservation as a topic, which was very interesting. The panel is always made up of uh, past guests. So you'll probably see Greg on the panel at some stage if he feels like it. Um, uh, We've got an interesting panel discussion coming up that would be a good one for you to be on, Greg, which is actually uh, depression in males, men's depression and why it's a taboo topic. We're um, We're still refining the topic a little bit. But yeah, if you've got stuff to Mm. say, input, please drop it in the comments, you know, get involved. I've just seen someone's put a massive comment in. Uh, It's Nicola Burt. Yeah. Uh, We'll address that in a second um, because I've got some specific questions I wanted to ask you too. But let's address this question first. So Nicola says, to strip the layers of all that you thought was you in order to identify the real you is one of the hardest, simplest things to accomplish. We fear being vulnerable and responsible, but in order to become the best versions of ourselves, I truly believe we need to strip ourselves of BS and unapologetically individualistically stand strong in what we want for ourselves and take responsibility for our lives and choices we make. Even if that means chopping social circles, uh, reach to new levels and become someone so changed that others you don't that others you don't recognize, the others slash you don't recognize the old you anymore. The most beautiful thing i see are real people and people following a new journey of self-discovery someone said to me before look at the trees around you they don't worry about others or being perfect they just grow and be and be living as maximally as possible every second of every day appreciate all your views and beauty of mindset especially entitlement and ownership and responsibility parts great chat guys love this thanks Nicola. that's uh yeah, fantastic. yeah that's a uh, great input there so One of the things that I saw in your book as well is that you've got sort of um, a a real outlined um, uh, sort of, I don't know what to call it, but a bit bit of a a life vision or mantra for yourself, which is very similar to mine because you have three words that you you focus on to gauge your life on. And I have my own three words that I focus on and use to gauge my life on. I call it my purpose and I have a, a little written blurb on my Facebook page and in my in my diary that I've written and my, 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 my words are explore create inspire and uh, if you want to go into it a little bit deeper mine is uh, explore which is this is a process of self-discovery a process of finding one's true self and expressing it without apology The create side is uh, use each second to create memories relationships and goodness in the world and build others up to the same. The inspire is to stand in your truth and be uncompromising about it and in so doing give others the space to do the same by changing the world one person at a time and starting with yourself. So what I noticed in your uh, book was that your three words are love, passion, and wow. purpose.
1: First of all, that's amazing what you said there. I, I think that's a, a fantastic uh, you know, way to go through life and live with. Um, in that way and that with that sort of sense of expression I mean you know um, with with the with the love passion and purpose thing for me it was literally what I went through um, and, and that was why it was the first book I wrote because it was basically about learning how to love yourself without limitation without conditioning of, of believing you know how I feel about those around me how they feel about me and it's almost like just letting go and it, and there's a freedom to that of loving unconditionally and I think that you know, the love word itself, if that was uh, taught more, then you'd have uh, more self-respective people making better decisions in life. Because certainly for me, learning how to love myself and every part of me meant that I could then flow outwardly uh, without any limitation. And from that point on, as I was saying before, I could ask better questions and I could then start looking at my passions instead of looking at them in a limited way. See, for example, if I didn't love myself, I might say, oh, like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do this, right? Whereas if, you, if you're loving yourself, and I guess I see it as a kind of a bit of like a white light that just fills you up and, and I don't know, we've all got different imagery of these things, but mm-hmm. by being able to express yourself without apology, and as um, our friend there said, with individualism, you know, it's it's not being a carbon copy of someone else. It's actually, tapping into, I guess, what you can say, your own sense of majesty, if you will. I know we're mere beings, but um, we've all got a unique thing going on. And so, yeah, loving yourself, expressing a passion, discovering which one you wanna kind of like work with, um, and then creating a purpose-driven life from that. And, you know, I'm not not necessarily a believer that we've got a purpose that is God-given, because I think that purposes can change, you know? Like, for example, I know someone who who thought their purpose was um, writing, but then their mother got very, very ill and they became a carer for their mother and and realized that that was so much more of a purpose to them at that point in their life. So I believe that, you know, obviously purposes can change depending on how our lives change. Therefore, I don't think there's just one thing, you know, um, that we can do or, or are able to do. I think we're all geniuses in different ways um, in things that we've been gifted with, you know, whether that is genetic or things that we've nurtured through our interests, you know?
0: Mm. Absolutely. Um, I also agree on the purpose side of things. I don't believe you're born with some grand purpose. I think that it's, a, uh, it's one of those things that you identify what interests you and you create purpose from it. And, um, mm. I think, mm. I think, Virtually anything you do in life can have purpose behind it as well. I mean, it doesn't matter what right. the actual physical task is; the purpose behind it can be a lot, yeah. a lot deeper than uh, than what it is on than the surface level uh, thing is. And I think a lot of people, you know, they get stuck in the in the idea of oh, I haven't found my purpose. I haven't like it's something that happens to you, but purpose right. is something to create, in my yes. opinion. And um, exactly. And exactly created yeah. by opening your eyes to opportunity the whole time by seeing what resonates with you and how you with your specific skill sets and your character can fulfill the mm. purpose mm. required in that environment and yeah yeah and then it happens yeah so, so it's yeah it's interesting and then interesting on the love side of things as well as i think my personal belief system again is that uh I always try to remind myself that love is not a transaction it's not a transaction it's not a transactionary process love is a state of being so either you're either being loved or you're being so you can um you can either be expressing yourself from a point of love or you'll be expressing yourself from a point of fear and at any given point at any time in any relationship you're either being love or being fear so when when we meet each other now and we talk to each other now i hope i'm expressing love to Uh, and expressing myself from a state of love and not from a state of fear while we, while we talk. And because you do the same thing, we create an environment together that is creative and, and beautiful. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, we have a, uh, a comment from Holly Blunt. And she says, as humans, we are hardwired to seek security, which may be functional or not. Being able to reach self-actualization requires more than desire and motivation. It requires all our basic needs to be met in a positive way, including love. You're talking about occupational therapy, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good comment.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: Valid, absolutely. Um, so yeah, going back to your to your story again, you you basically went from from nowhere to mm-hmm. creating a, a situation where you were uh, turning your life around, and as a result, uh, started to to become a coach where you helped other people turn their lives around. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What were, what was the transition? Yeah how long did it how long was it between your moment of realization then how long was it your your own process of growth before you then started uh, implementing uh, implementing the, the the ideas you had learned and stuff
1: for other people good question well the thing being is is that you know initially I just read loads of books you know because I um, I became quite addicted to reading you know once I realized that I could help myself as it were you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what self-help was then. Uh, I just knew that I needed to help myself. It was one of those things, you know? And um, from that point on, I just looked at different potential ideas for careers and businesses and so on and so forth. And I always felt myself um, leading towards serving others because it's what I needed. I needed a guide. Growing up, I needed a mentor, you know? And I didn't really have that guide and mentor. And I thought, well, what if? what if I can help other people that are in situations like myself mm. uh, and it literally became something that happened within weeks of, of of realization because I realized that actually the the greatest difficulties that you go through and I go through we all go through are our greatest assets because we've got first-hand experience with knowing what they're about and therefore when people say oh yeah I'm really stuck you know I'm lost in, in this job or uh, I'm a college dropout," or um, I hate my business, you know, exactly what I kind of going through, you know, it might be slightly different situations. But ultimately, they're coming from the same song sheet, you know, what I mean, so Mm. they need someone there to guide them, to support them to empower them to encourage them, and to keep them on track. And, um, and to get that plan up together, really, because I think that a lot of people just literally, as I was saying before, drift around, and just hope that some magic thing's going to come along and that their purpose is going to come smack in the face you know and it's like no 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 you know you have to discover what the hell's going on first in your life you know get rid of all the junk and and get some clarity around some of the things that you might want to focus on and from that point you're going to be able to start crossing that bridge and seeing ahead of you what might be that vision that starts to come into into place and uh I think it takes work, and, and it takes the right mentor to help you. And, and luckily, um, I'm able to help people to do essentially what what I went through, uh, and to um, do what they want to do: write their own book, uh, build their own business, work with their passions, create some kind of a purpose-driven life, and create that plan. Absolutely. Um.
0: Yeah, I've just pressed a button that I shouldn't have pressed. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) Technical difficulties happen sometimes. We have got roughly 10 minutes left. I'm always pressing the wrong button. (laughs) Uh, We've got roughly 10 minutes left. So I just want to encourage anyone who's watching, if you have any questions now, drop them in because we're going to start wrapping up in 10 minutes. So drop them in now. We'll try and address as much as we can. If there's no more questions in the next 10 minutes, then we're going to wrap it um we will take as many questions as there are um, uh, yeah and uh, and uh, we are uh, we are very happy and very grateful for everyone who's who's joined us today and um it's been a great chat with uh, some great input um but yeah so before we go can you tell us a little bit about what you do now and um, and, and what kind of services you do offer, how people can get in touch with you what what it is that in case someone watching is interested and and wants uh wants some some help in this specific area, just let us know exactly what it is you do
1: yeah sure thanks paul well you know as you see my name, if you google my name, you'll see my books and videos uh where I work where i live don't don't follow me though because uh you know i'm I, I like to hide. <laughs> no i'm just kidding basically um so i i build small businesses uh most of all through growth and through self-growth so i i believe that mindset is a very important part of growing in in life and in business um mm. and um when we want to grow a, a business that we're passionate about we need to first of all do what what we were talking about really and, and that is to discover more about ourselves and and how we can tap into what matters to us most so we can bring our greatest values to something and, and basically love what we do every day you know and wake up on a monday morning excited about our role so yeah essentially what i'm doing now is i'm helping people to discover their passions um design the correct kind of business models or roles for them and to develop those roles across a 6 month period where um where i basically am there right by your side every step of the way until you get to the point where you're happy and uh, we go from there. So I'm not kind of like one of those, there's a lot of coaches around nowadays, right? I'm not really a coach as such. I'm more of a mentor, a consultant, you know? I like to actually offer advice as well, you know? Whilst I like to empower people, I also believe that you can empower people all you like, but people need a roadmap. Uh, And essentially that's where I come in and help them to build that, get that roadmap and uh, start getting the results in their lives that they've always really wanted to find, you know? So again, yeah, you can, you can Google my name and find me uh, there and you'll find my website, my small business blog. I've got my books and, and the podcast that I, I run with uh, Rob, a partner uh, on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing what, what, what gets you passionate and, uh, and what your ideas are. And seeing how they can be evolved and i love i love hearing people's ideas you know and as as you know paul i've worked with nick a little bit and um you know he's he's an ideas guy who's got inventions pending some of them and uh it just excites me you know
0: it's great well, that's fantastic um we've got uh, from talia wilson on the other platform again uh, she's saying before you go please can you tell me the name of that book you mentioned in response to my question um, I want to buy it and read it. So I guess that's the book you pulled off your mom's shelf.
1: Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, that book is by Louise L. Hay, which is called, You Can Heal Your Life. And you uh, I recommend type? everybody should it. Yeah, do you want me to type
0: um, I've typed it into direct response to Talia, but we can put it in the main comments of the main video as well afterwards, it's fine. So everybody can be able to, to, to find it. The last thing I wanted to ask yeah. you, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? And what do you want to leave the world knowing? What is the, the main message that you're, that you want your life to mean once you're gone? I know it's a big question. Wow.
1: <laughs> epic, <isn't> <laughs> that is quite something, isn't it? Well, I'm, I, I, In my personal opinion, that first thing I want to do is when I get to the end of my life, I want to be able to die with a smile on my face, knowing that I've given without limits, that I've uh, helped other people, you know, selflessly and in a a, a low ego way, you know, uh, a way that's just down to earth and real. And I want to show the world really that you can be a normal guy or a normal gal and you can change your life beyond recognition. Um, And so if people pick up my books and read them and they see the stories that I I share and what I have went through and what's motivated me, they'll see that, yes, I'm just an ordinary guy, as you say, and I've just made some decisions which any of us can make to change the course of our entire lives. So essentially, my legacy would be to remind people not to just think that they're stuck in life in whatever situation they're in because you're not. You can change it.
0: Absolutely. That's wonderful. Greg, thank you so much. That has been amazing. This has been uh, one of my favorite chats that we've had so far. Episode 17. I've been doing this for 17 weeks solid now. Uh, Which is quite a commitment.
1: Sorry? It is. Quite a commitment indeed, mate.
0: Um, Oh, we've got... uh, Selena Harding, that's my teacher, Says, I love the idea of three keywords. Would be inspiring to hear more from others. Absolutely. Um, yeah. If anybody yeah. else but, uh, wants to do that as an exercise, pick out your three keywords, write what they mean to you, drop them in the comments. Inbox me. I would be absolutely amazed to hear anyone else's uh, take on that, or or um, yeah, or be involved in the the creative process of that. Maybe I'll start a, a thread in the group, and the Sohshing with Sun Tui group. Actually, that's a great idea. I'll start a thread there. I'll post it there and say, what are your three yeah. words? I'll put mine up, and Greg will put his up, and we will just create a thread just on that. Um, the Sohshing with Sun has group is meant, to, is meant to be a platform for like-minded people. It's meant to be a community that we build um, for everyone who's interested in exploring ideas, exploring perspectives, growing, um, you know, just exploring the world and creating relationships. If you want to get in there, it's, it's there for that. It's uh, it's there to network, it's there to 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 whatever. So I, I think that's a great, that will be a great first, actual first post for it. And thank you Mrs. H for that. Um, yeah. Good idea, Mrs. Harding. <laughs> Rosie says, Paul, make sure you get this on catch up quick. Damn, I was late from work. <laughs> don't worry, Rosie. I'll send you the podcast and the YouTube video. You'll be fine. You can watch it after the after the fact. Um, yeah, so that that's going to be great. Um, I don't want to take this too long. So again, thank you everybody for coming. We're here every Wednesday, same time, same place, uh, different guests, different topic. Um, but yeah, if you haven't already joined the group, searching for searching with Sunpre. Um, uh, tag your mates, tell your friends about it. The more, the merrier, the, the better it can be. And you make, you make this all worthwhile, so it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm so stoked that uh, people are finding value out of this. If you're not finding value, then please be free to move along. Also, tell us what you can do, what we can do that's better. If there's anything that you think could be better or uh, ways we could improve, we're absolutely happy to get any kind of constructive criticism. But uh, like I said earlier, keep it kind, keep it neat, keep it tidy. (laughs) Hyenas bite when they piss off. Yeah, so so again, Greg, thank you so much for coming. It's been absolutely amazing. And um, thank you for your time. And I look forward to getting to know you more. And uh, I'm planning, I will plan to come and have a trip to Bristol, come and meet you properly and uh, spend some time with you, mate. Me too. But otherwise, stay uh, here anytime. That's it from us. We'll catch you all later. Cheers, Cheers, guys.